1: Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show And online at GrillNationShow.com.
0: Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello, welcome to Grill Nation Show. I'm your host Jason Grill on Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Also appreciate you joining us today on iTunes and TuneIn Radio as well as at GrillNationShow.com. Hope you're having a great week, great summer. I want to want to preview our show real quick. Um we're going to have Ryan Weber, who is the president of KC Tech Council. You can find them online at kctechcouncil.com as our guest on the show today. Ryan is a been in the tech world here in Kansas City uh really since 2011 when he became the president of the KC ne- of KC Next which is a part of the uh, KCADC, uh, focusing on that basically was the Technology Council of Greater Kansas City. Now he has uh, branched off; they're uh, they're on their own now, and they are the KC Tech Council. And I want to talk to him about the transition, what they do. They really focus on three different things, which are workforce development, policy advocacy, and industry access. Ryan is going to kind of blow your minds with some fi- some figures on workforce in Kansas City uh jobs and actually there are a lot of open jobs here for uh technologists here in Kansas City. Uh we're going to get into some of that. We're going to get into some of the policy advocacy stuff. We're going to get into really kind of trying to decide if Kansas City can be the tech hub for the Midwest and some of the ingredients that we have here and some of the things we need to do in the future. And so that'll be on after the break. Um and I want to uh actually I might have him in two uh, Hereafter, a few more words here about our sponsors and partners and some things I've been doing for a quick uh, Hot Topics Debate, to too, so hoping hope he'll join us here in a second. I want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. They are Trust, Bank of Kansas City, The Bash Group, Andrew Bash, guest co-host and contributor, Catalyst Government Affairs, Danny Pfeiffer is a contributor, The Rieger KC and Jay Rieger & Co., Ryan Maybe is a guest host and contributor who we will have on again later this month, NC Power Light District and two West Advisors and Ryan Rink. Thank you for your partnership and support of Grill Nation Show. Without those people, uh we would not be on the air so I greatly appreciate their support and partnership. Want to quickly also mention that I had the opportunity last weekend to go to the Aspen Institute to their Socrates program, which is a program for 28 to 45-year-olds uh emerging leaders in the country uh and it was uh very I was very lucky to be accepted and receive scholarship to attend but uh, the mountains were great, of course, and the Aspen Meadows were great, but, uh, the event was incredible. And I look forward to having, uh, some of the people that joined me, uh, who were there from whether they're from the State Department, from Silicon Valley, from, uh, the White House, from, you know, different law people, just different types of really intellectual people that were there this weekend that I learned a lot from. A lot of them are entrepreneurs as well. I'd uh, love to have some of them on the show, but I wanted to mention that because I'm going to try to get the head executive director of the Institute on the show if you haven't checked it out check it out at let me pull it up here aspeninstitute.org more information there it was a great weekend i learned a lot and i'm glad to be back here in kansas city fresh from a great uh four days in the mountains which is really cool if you've never been to the mountains in the summertime you should do it uh i i really have only been during ski season so uh tons of activities to do with such whitewater rafting biking hiking jeep tours you name it um Go to the mountains in the summertime. It's, it's definitely a cool thing to do. I want to bring in our first guest today, and we'll have more with him after the break, but we're going to talk about some hot topics here. We have Ryan Weber, who is the president of the KC Tech Council. The KC Tech Council serves as a regional advocate for Kansas City's tech industry. The organization supports its member companies by focusing on three strategic priorities, workforce development, policy advocacy, and industry access. We've had Ryan on before, but wanted to have him on today. We'll get more in-depth with Ryan about what he does after the break. But, Ryan, welcome to the show. Let's talk about um, some hot topics here in Kansas City.
1: Yeah, there's a few. Um, it's an exciting time for tech in Kansas City. I mm-hmm. think that um, since Google and the Fiber Project have taken off and gotten an adoption, uh, people probably noticed a couple articles about the Cisco Smart City effort, which mm-hmm. is the largest rollout of any smart city infrastructure in North America. And more information will be coming out about that, I'm sure. Uh, there's also a lot of hot topics that, at a city level that people keep talking about with with things like Uber, and we get wrapped in this conversation because it's it's really a conversation about technology and a conversation about um, these revolutions that are going on with how technology is finding its way into regulated industries and and how cities and governments are are viewing that as changing. And uh, and Kansas City is really kind of the the target area for that it, in, the, it, in the country right now, honestly.
0: Yeah, and here's one of the things entrepreneurs. Um, Regulation, over-regulation, and you'll you'll talk to people at Kauffman Foundation research and policy, uh, is detrimental to entrepreneurship, yeah, and to into innovators and to disrupt disruptors, and so. But then you have this this the the city that's you know trying to protect public safety and and background checks and all these different things. So it's like a, the problem with my I have with the whole thing is is you know we cannot be a world class city if we don't have ride sharing, but also at the same time there has to be a middle ground at some yeah. point, and so. You know, Uber, I I personally, when I was in D.C. two weeks ago, I I didn't even take the Metro. And the Metro there is great. I took Uber everywhere. Yeah. It was so cheap to, you know, do the ride steering. And half the time, someone doesn't even share with you. And so, I no. mean, I'm paying like 5 to $10 to go to the capital from, you know, 5 to 10 miles away. And so I use it when I travel. I don't use it in Kansas City because I live downtown. I don't need it. I you so use I, it all the time in Kansas oh, City. Oh, you do? Okay, so and, yeah, what I is hope- your experience like? Because you travel all the time.
1: I do, and it's honestly my um, form of transportation of choice. I believe it's safer, mm-hmm. and it's good to have options. And you know, even though I do take taxis as well in Kansas City, don't discriminate. No, it's way. just more convenient. And I mean, I live in in Union Hill, in midtown Kansas City, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's easy to get from point A to point B. I mean, I've looked at the math of what I pay for my car every month. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense to just get driven by an Uber driver everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I've looked at it. Mm -hmm. I mean, now when I have meetings in Overland Park and things like that, it would it would catch up. But even with most of my business meetings being uh, around Kansas City, I've done the math. It It would still be cheaper than than actually having a car.
0: That's incredible, and I think most people don't think like that here. Nah. Well, here, I know Blake Miller tried to do it for like four or five months. He might have still be doing it. I think he's still here, doing it. No, but he he gave away his car and just saved a ton of money with it. I mean, and if you have a decent car, I mean, you are paying a fortune in insurance, and it, you know you got to pay more for gas because it, you have to get certain kinds of gas. It is a pain, but it, it's it's crazy that people haven't done that yet.
1: Well, it's more likely in other big cities where having a car is unaffordable because uh-huh. of parking and things like that. We're lucky in Kansas; that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. But there is a big philosophy going on about this technology and whether or not it's safe. And I think cities, city leaders are saying that, you know, it's it's our responsibility to keep our citizens safe. And I 100% agree with that. But a, a lot of this responsibility is on the company and the user of this technology. It's a privilege to do business in Kansas City, and that privilege can be taken away if that business is deemed unsafe or the company putting people in danger. And most other cities, especially bigger cities like Chicago, for example, have viewed Uber and the license to operate at the company level. And in Kansas City, they view it at the driver level. So the license is with the driver mm-hmm. to be able to operate legally. And there's this big debate in Kansas City, especially at a city level, and this is Kansas City, Missouri, by the way. Mm-hmm. Kansas have voted some statewide policies, and it's no longer part of this conversation, but it is in Missouri. And we'll, we'll be seeing this next week when Kansas City, Missouri, opens up their policy recommendations for public debate. Mm-hmm. We're going to have one because people feel very passionate about this. Mm-hmm. But we need to decide as a city and as city council needs to decide, is the responsibility with the company to provide a safe service or is the responsibility with the city to ensure that every service is safe? And there's no risk-free situations about risk management. And Uber does do background checks. They go through a lot of different um, paperwork and things like that to make their drivers allowed to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the city's saying that maybe they should be the ones that are doing that. So we'll see. This is going to be a fun and debate. I can't I wait. People can't should wait be engaged in it.
0: About it. I, I definitely think so. We, we'll be right back after the break with Ryan Weber, president of the KC Tech Council. You're listening to Grill Danger. Running down the street like your hair's on fire. Thoughts running fast like a man on the wire.
1: Can't stop
0: laughing, but I don't.
1: I'm going crazy though. TV and the radio have been watching since a baby, so I'm representing Casey Mo. I'm representing. Hello,
0: and welcome KG back to Moe. Grill Nation on Talk Bro. 980 AM and Talk980 oh, AM.com. AM also appreciate you joining us today on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. Uh, appreciate you joining us as always on podcasts. You can also follow us again and listen to us at GrillNationShow.com where I will have photos of all of our guests, uh, lists of all of our shows, and uh, oversight on what we've been doing here at the Grill Nation show, as, long, as well as all our partners and supporters are on there as well. Uh, as I mentioned in our first segment, we have Ryan Weber uh, with us today, who is the president at the KC Tech Council. Uh, Ryan formerly was the president of KC Next, and uh, recently, and he's a, a K-State guy. You know, he's a, he's a proud purple, what do they call those, purple uh Ema, what do you guys say i think it's still you a purple Cats, shirt on <laughs> yeah actually, i actually am wearing purple today yeah but i think we're still called the Wildcats. i know i know but you know what i'm trying to say there. uh the wildcats he's uh he's been in the tech world for quite a while here in kansas city and i wanted to have him on today to talk about the kc tech council um and, and what it does and who it advocates for here in kansas city so welcome to the show ryan thanks jason let's go over kind of your background. Um, I I promise I won't I won't talk about Emaw anymore Case K State, but uh Hey man, you know,
1: football season's right around the corner. I know it
0: is. I'm excited for that. Uh case so you so you've been in Kansas City for a while now. How many years were you uh since you've you've been here?
1: Well, I mean, I kinda grew up here. I mean it's a, yeah. I mean I I'm, I'm a Kansas City for sure, but I moved back after a, a brief stint in Indy and other cities uh in two thousand eight and it's been okay. really cool to see Kansas City grow over that time, and honestly, it's a lot of because of the tech industry. And you come out of the development world, right? Yeah, I'm a former fundraiser. I'm still a fundraiser. That's that's a lot of what I do in my role.
0: What what is that like? Because I, I did it in politics, and I just I, I just hated it. A lot of people <laughs> love it, but I I hated asking friends for money. I couldn't do that. Now yeah. you ask more corporations and more people like that than yeah, than your I mean, best friends. You know, what I mean,
1: it's still relationship based. Obviously, I mean, it's not like people are signing up on our website every day and joining and sponsoring and doing all that. I mean, it's still a relationship business. And when I was in the, the nonprofit world of, of raising capital campaigns and things like that, it's different. Because now I think there's been a big shift in the world where when I first started this job in 2011, corporations were very philanthropic. Honestly, they, they were giving money to efforts and not asking for a lot in return. And that's fundamentally changed. And I think specifically over the last couple of years, companies have said, listen, we get why this is good for Kansas City but you need to tell us why it's good for us, and you need to measure that value. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is the, some of the reasons why we've made some of the shifts over the last couple of months was because we heard them loud and clear. Mm-hmm. Companies want us to measure value or they're not going to give us money and resources. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So you've been doing, uh, well, let's talk about it. So you, you were at uh, KCADC, KC Next. You kind of were the president of that when it launched. Yeah. And that was in 2011. A lot has changed since then. Yeah. So talk to me about kind of when you started, kind of what the tech world was like here in Kansas City, the job world, and what you were trying to do.
1: I mean, it's changed a lot. Well, it's grown a lot. And, you know, 2011, that was the year Google picked Kansas City over 1,100 other options. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, was really – Was it that long ago? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it was in the spring of 2011. Whew. And that made a lot of people in this country look at it and say, what the heck is going on in Kansas City? Yeah. And that gave us an opportunity to tell the Kansas City story alongside this Google Fiber story. Mm-hmm. So since then, our stock has risen and continues to rise. There's, there's constantly new projects and new exciting things going on. So I do think people on the coast are, are curious about Kansas City, but we still have a long ways to go. I don't think that if you drive more than five, six hours outside Kansas City and ask somebody to name the largest tech company in Kansas City, they'd struggle. They'd struggle even mentioning Cerner. Mm-hmm. So we still have a perception issue. I don't think even in in Middle America here, we're known as a tech hub, and we want to change that.
0: Mm-hmm. I mentioned this to you off air, but I was at the Aspen Institute this weekend, and for on that note, the uh, guy from San Francisco and a girl from New York were talking to me about Garmin because yeah. they run. Yeah and, yeah, and I told them I was like, I need to get you to come in for the marathon here. Um, I'll talk to someone at Garmin. Well, and they were they they had heard of Garmin, and what are some other big companies in your city? And I was naming them off, and I named off Sprint. Hallmarks, like, oh, hallmarks there? I mean, so people outside of our area yeah. don't always know what's going on, like you yeah. said. And, and, and really they do know that we have good barbecue. No matter who you talk to, yeah, we can, they we, always, if, they will always say to you, uh, American Royal Barbecue. Yeah. Or barbecue. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. But as far as tech, I think we've kind of evolved and people have heard of Garmin. People have heard of Sprint, but maybe they haven't heard of Cerner or DST. Yeah.
1: You know, that's funny about barbecue because I mean, Seattle used to be known for grunge music. And, and coffee. coffee. Yeah, that's it. And right. then Microsoft and other companies scaling around the tech center there. But there's usually some sort of cultural movement around food or music and mm-hmm. arts that tech follows right alongside and eventually overcomes in popularity. And you can also say the same thing about Austin. Austin mm-hmm. was known as a, well, capital yeah. and a college town. And then it was weird. And there was, then it's in live music, capital of the world, which Nashville would probably disagree with. Yeah, right. But they, but had, they just they said it. Yeah. yeah. They said it. And. It's our turn. We've got to move beyond being known for just barbecue. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Kansas Cityans realize this. Technology is the largest industry in this region. Both states, the largest employers are tech companies. Hmm. Every company is a tech company. And in this region, there's 3,500 technology employers and a workforce of 68,000. Really? By far, this is the largest industry. And if Hmm. Kansas Cityans would believe that and embrace and champion that, we would be able to be known for more than barbecue. And honestly, that's a lot of our role as a tech association in Kansas City is Mm -hmm. to be that champion, be that cheerleader. But we've been doing that a lot of times external of Kansas City. And I've I've shifted on that. I'm not necessarily focused on letting the rest of the world know we're tech up until Kansas Cityans believe it first. Mm -hmm. Because then essentially we're not being completely honest. Mm -hmm. But I often laugh when we have visitors coming to Kansas City, and we do a lot, especially a lot of dignitaries. I get really frustrated when they say things like, oh, I, I had no idea all these tech companies were here mm-hmm. or I had no idea that all this activity and vibrancy was going on. And I get a little, I get a little pissed off because oh, wow. it's like, listen, we spent a lot of time and money going trying to tell you this. Right. Why hasn't it stuck yet? And you've,
0: and you've gotten good media coverage throughout the United yeah, States. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We've been in everything from the wall street journal, Forbes, Inc, name them all. We, we've tried to mm-hmm. share this story, but that is not enough. And and I put a little bit on the, on this towards the companies because I'll give Sprint a little bit of credit here because Marcelo, their new CEO talks a lot about Kansas City and the value of being located in Kansas City. And granted, he's kind of a celebrity billionaire, yeah, entrepreneur, he, CEO. I, I
0: have to tell you this. When I was, uh, when I was in Aston, I did one of the bike tours and the yeah. lady that was teaching was like, I told her I was from Kansas City and she mentioned Sprint. She's like, Oh, the uh, CEO was out here uh, a few weeks ago doing yeah. some business work and did a bike ride with us. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he, people knew about him. They're like, he's so tall. That's how they remember him. He's, he's tall. And yeah. He's international.
1: Yeah. And he yeah, was a bold pick for a sprint, but I yeah. love the fact, and I see him, I kind of want to give him a hug because what he's doing is, <laughs> is being a leader, right? He is not only the leader of that company, but he's a business leader in Kansas city mm-hmm. and he's really that champion. And he has a lot
0: of national uh, recognition. I think people yeah, know got, who he is.
1: How many Twitter followers he have too? It's crazy. <laughs> and I love when he gets in Twitter fights with the CEOs of his competitors. I mean, he's he's a bold guy, and I yeah. and I love it. And he'll turn that company around. I mean, he's been successful in everything he's done. Why would we think that this is not going to be successful? Mm-hmm. But I also really appreciate the fact that he, that success he's basically pointing to the fact that Kansas City played a role in that,
0: mm-hmm. and he's going out and talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, he's he, he's a little more um, outgoing, which sometimes we're not here in Kansas City.
1: Well, let's be honest. A lot of tech CEOs were tech people first. Mm-hmm. And the stereotype is that they're not the most outgoing, boisterous people. But that's changing. And Kansas Citians that are running tech companies need to, I think, in a lot of ways, share the, with their customers and the rest of the world they're based here and why they're based here. Because the reasons are very compelling. This is a great place to scale a tech company. We have a workforce now. We could use more, and we'll talk about that probably yeah, in a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, But you know, the, one thing I'll tell you is, um, I also get really upset whenever somebody says the, the greatest benefit of doing business in Kansas City is cost of living or cost. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. If people truly cared about cost of living, they would not live in places like San Francisco, New York, even Chicago. The costs and the cost of doing business, the cost of labor, everything is skyrocketed, but so has population. People truly do not care about cost of living, but if there's anything we're guilty of selling Kansas City, besides like barbecue, is cost of living. <laughs> yeah. And nobody cares. And I think we've got to move past that. There's other more compelling reasons to do business here than cost.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, we're talking to Ryan Weber, who's the president of the KC Tech Council. The KC Tech Council serves in, uh, as a regional advocate for Kansas City's tech industry. The organization supports its member companies by focusing on three strategic pr- priorities, workforce development, Policy advocacy and industry access. So Ryan, what first off, what's your website for the KC Tech Council?
1: Yep. Just kctechcouncil.com. Okay.
0: Um, so we got about a minute left in this segment. Um, we'll get into more about what you guys do, but so that's just, you recently launched that in May of 2016. You kind of, you yeah. kind of had a rebrand and, and now you have your own organization.
1: Yeah. We were directly attached to KCAC, the regional economic development group here in Kansas City, and they really helped us get off the ground. I mean, Mm -hmm. since 2011, they provided... You're kind of your own
0: little startup there, huh? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it really
1: was. And and I think in 2011, we had a vision for where it was going, and that vision changed a little bit, where we've morphed into a true association for an industry. And they are more of an economic development group. And it came time in in this year to look at the future path, and we looked at all options and decided it was time for us to spread our wings. And Mm -hmm. they've been supportive in this venture, and honestly, we wouldn't be where we were at without KCADC. Mm
0: -hmm. So you have a new office now, right? You, yeah, you're we're at, out at of Union Station.
1: We're out of Union Station. We're at the Sprint Accelerator, mm-hmm. which has been an awesome experience to be surrounded by tech companies that are growing and scaling. I hear them cheering for each other and I hear them complaining and venting as well. And, <laughs> and I listen. I mean, I really do. I don't, I'm not uh, creeping on what they're doing, but I appreciate it because being surrounded by technologists allows us to do our jobs better.
0: So is it, is it, has the organization changed at all or no. it just, it's just kind of, it's just its own thing now?
1: New name. We were always a separate legal entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing really changed other than you know, this direct alignment with an economic development group, which I've been surprised how few of our members even knew about that relationship. But uh, there were a handful of companies that were involved in both, both organizations, but that was it. I mean, there really wasn't much. So our member companies shouldn't see any difference. If anything, you'll see more activity out of us. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things we've done, and you'll see it on the website, is launched an online member portal for tech companies to connect, which and is part of that access piece. And let's talk about that when we
0: get back from the break. You're listening to Grill Nation here on Talk980AM and Talk980AM.com. Thanks for joining us. First things first, I'm the realest, realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, life. right. You should want to. Be- Welcome back to and Grill Nation on Talk98am and talk 980 amcom Also, thanks for joining us on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and at GrillNationshow.com. You connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at GrillNationshow. Also on Instagram, uh, Snapchat, LinkedIn at Jason Grill. I want to quickly thank our partners and supporters of Grill Nation with Jason Grill. They are Trusts, Bank of Kansas City, The Bash Group, Andrew Bash, guest Coast and contributor, Catalyst Government Affairs, Danny Pfeiffer contributor, The Rieger Hotel, Grill and Exchange, now known as the Rieger KC, and Jay Rieger & Co., Ryan Maybe is a guest host, and we'll have him in the studio here very soon, Kansas City Power and Light District, and Two West Advisors and Ryan Rink. Thanks for your support and partnership with the Grill Nation show. We're talking to Ryan Weber, who's the president of... KC Tech Council which their website is kctechcouncil.com and he was he was talking to us about the uh the new the new brand the separation from KCADC and kind of some of the new things that he's doing over there. Ryan, let's continue on with that conversation. Um so if I am a, ca- a tech company here in Kansas City or uh, a tech entrepreneur um you know why should I become a part of the KC Tech Council? What what does it offer me? What are we talking about?
1: Sure. So there's two ways to be involved. There's members and there's sponsors. And for member companies that join, it's an annual fee based on the size of your employment in Kansas City. But that money really goes to supporting the organization. Mm-hmm. There's three buckets. You mentioned some of those earlier. But specifically, those resources go towards supporting our workforce efforts, which mm-hmm. something we can talk about later. as yeah. Well, as some policy advocacy, which there's some pretty hot topics right now mm-hmm. that we're focused on and working towards educating our members about. And then also with access. I think for a lot of our member companies, that's their greatest benefit is you can feel kind of isolated running a tech company. And we have an online way, ironically using tech to connect companies. You get a, a, your own little miniature website on our website and you can reach out to other companies at a C level and connect with those leaders through our portal, which is very exciting. And uh, that was one of the first things we did after our, our separation and our announcement of the new name was immediately starting to add that new value to our member companies. And, a lot of them are taking advantage of that. In fact, I have a little notification on my phone knowing that whenever somebody updates their status or connects with another company, and I love seeing that because if we're going to grow this town into a tech hub, it means we actually have to do business together and and utilize the intellectual property around this town, and that's starting to happen. So
0: talk to me about the general area of this. Is it just, I mean, is it the region, or who, who do you all serve? Where do your companies all come from? Is it just Kansas City, or is it other municipalities?
1: Yeah, I mean, as far as... As far west as K-State, there are members in Mizzou as well. And uh, it's the metro area. So I would say Kansas City to us is a two-hour drive in just about every direction. Just Mm -hmm. not as far south. There's not as as much activity down there. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the metro area. That's who we serve first. But there's no state line. We're not a kcmo focus group or anything like that. It's... Very much a, a regional organization.
0: So, our goal really is with this is to continue to grow. You guys are the ambassador. You kind of help out uh, the, the, the tech community in the Midwest, we want to become the, the tech hub of the Midwest,
1: basically. Yeah, we want to win the Midwest. And mm-hmm. I think we can. I think we've got a better case of support than other cities our size. I mean, I think our biggest competition right now, places like Chicago and Dallas, mm-hmm. There's much bigger markets. So, right. got to Ma- take much, that into many, account. Many more but...
0: people, many you know but uh good tech communities yeah. uh but not known for tech no Those i mean name places. me the largest tech employer in chicago you know this is funny i asked um i asked a guy this weekend who was a runs a civic tech incubator in chicago uh and i talked to him about you know some of the big accelerators there yeah and i was asking him uh what are some of the big companies that have come out of these accelerators and i hadn't heard of any of them no i mean and and they're in chicago i mean maybe they're huge and they're making great revenues but on a national level i had not heard of them yet so you're right. I mean, it's there's a big opportunity here for Kansas City.
1: Chicago would love to have Sprint, Cerner, Garmin, DST, H&R Block, Hallmark. <laughs> they would love to have these headquartered companies there, and they don't. And I honestly, and I go to Chicago a lot, and I can't tell you the largest tech employer in Chicago. And even Chicago doesn't have a tech identity, but it's still a huge draw for young people.
0: Because of the lifestyle.
1: And there's a couple of things Chicago has that Kansas City does. not I mean, honestly, a couple. And that's transit, great access to public transit who, that goes throughout out the whole city. But the costs are enormous. And living there as a young person is very hard. And Kansas City, it's not. But again, like I said earlier, people don't care about cost of living. The population <laughs> in Chicago continues to increase. Mm-hmm. Although I take that back. They did see a population decrease in total, but not, not amongst millennials. Mm-hmm. So a huge jump in millennial population.
0: Right. Um, So, Ryan, talk to me about the workforce development angle. Um, Where are we with Kansas City with jobs? And I mean, wages are obviously huge. Yeah. And and that's something we need to kind of, from what I understand, uh, continue to grow. Because if you're going to be competitive with like cities that are paying people more money, you have to compete in that way.
1: Yeah, and I want to be honest. When I say a tech job, I want to be very clear in defining what that is. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about technology. I'm not talking about technical jobs, like more hands-on work like welding, Automotive care, things like that, That, those are technical jobs. Mm -hmm. That's not what we work with. Specifically, a technology job, if I was to define that, is you're either working for or directly with a company that creates some sort of computer software code or hardware or something like that. Mm -hmm. Those are tech jobs. So in Kansas City, like I said earlier, there's 3,500 tech employers, but there's 2,500 open jobs Mm -hmm. from 620 companies that are hiring. Wow. It's a huge number. By the way, the average salary is close to $100,000 a year, average. For these jobs? Yeah. so And that's only with a couple years of experience. And Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. there's there's openings. Yeah. The national average is just over 100. And Kansas City is right at the upper 90s of of salary. So we're very close to that national average, which gets inflated by your coastal companies that Mm -hmm. pay a lot because the challenges of doing business there are much greater. Yeah, everyone has workforce issues. There's not enough tech talent anywhere. On the coast, that talent is very expensive because of supply and demand. Yeah.
0: And I talked to a guy, uh, recently who <laughs> he just got a $10 million funding round for his, uh, one of his startups yeah. in Palo Alto and he lives in his parents' basement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. And it, yeah. I mean, that that's how people do it.
1: They can't find an office space it's, either. Yeah.
0: Right. So. I mean, that's just nuts to me, but yeah, that, that again goes back to the job force here. So, okay, they're all the, there's openings, so how are we going to fill these things? I mean, what's what's going on here?
1: Okay, a couple of things, because clearly there's going to be a gap. And by 2020, the Department of Labor has said there, there's going to be 1.4 million open tech jobs in America and only 400,000 grads. A 1 million job gap is coming. So essentially, we're in a war for tech talent, and that war will be fought on a couple of fronts. We are going to be attracting talent from other places? We have to. I mean, we're right now well, our that, strategy... There's all
0: kinds of policy problems with that too, though. With uh, with <laughs> yeah, uh, but immigration I mean, reform and well, keeping people at universities in the United States to build businesses and to take these jobs.
1: And that's a huge challenge because a significant portion of the students currently pursuing tech degrees in the Kansas City area, there's about 23 schools that funnel talent here. They're not American students. And we essentially can't hire them without sponsoring them. And a lot of companies can't afford to do that. So... They want to stay. These students want to stay. Mm-hmm. We've trained them. They've got the skills. We can't hire them. Mm-hmm. But let's park that because we're not, sure, sure. not going to get we're not, anywhere on that today. Yeah. No, not. it's not. <laughs> Nobody wants to have that conversation about high-skilled immigration. Mm-hmm. But other countries are killing us in that. Australia, England, others that look at immigration and they give visas based on demand. We give it based on a random computer code that generates basically – Temporary visas for workers, whether they've got skills or not. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Um, So, yeah, we are going to have to attract talent. And we're stealing it right now. Our strategy is to steal from other places. Really? And, yeah, we'll pay for you to move to Kansas City, start your career here, and companies are willing to do that for skilled labor. But that's not a strategy. That's still not adding to the workforce. If we're truly going to win the Midwest, we've got to be able to not just attract talent, but grow our own. And that doesn't mean that, More students need to go to pursue computer degrees at different universities. There's a big movement going on in education where in a little amount of time, I'm talking 16 to 18 weeks, you can learn the base level skills of what you would need for a tech job. And
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, for many people, this changes their whole world. And there will be a couple of announcements here soon in Kansas City about these boot camps and accelerated learning opportunities that are partnering with regional universities to make these educational experiences affordable, but also accessible for anybody. And most of the people who pursue these in other markets have a college degree. Mm-hmm. It's just that de- that degree isn't worth what they thought it would be.
0: That is a thing that, you know, has been talked about in politics and the presidential debate. It's a lot of this free schooling and all this stuff. But yeah. uh, apparently there is a a ton of Americans, and I can't remember, that. I'll, I'll have to look through it, but... Uh, who have a, uh, either have started college or have a degree. Yeah. 40% who, who according need, to Lumina Foundation. Who need like, who need like literally, uh, just a little bit more education and they could be in these jobs. And, and, yeah. and so that's why it's, it's, it's a very political topic, whether, you know, with bigger government or whatever, but like this little thing could change these, can, can make people that are underemployed really, yeah. you really get high paying jobs.
1: Yeah. I, I'll give an example. I'll give a personal example. I graduated K-State with a marketing degree in 2005. Mm -hmm. I would make the same amount of money today that I would have in 2005 with the degree. The the value, the workplace places on that degree has not changed over the course of time. Mm -hmm. The largest program at K-State in the College of Business is marketing. Students are simply not getting the education they need about what degrees and skills they need to be successful in the workplace. And by the way, that starting salary would be around twenty-eight dollars to $30,000 a year. The average salary for someone between the ages of 25 and 32, a working age in, in America, the average salary is 45 and a half. But somehow I think that information is not making its way to college students. Because mm-hmm. if I got that marketing degree and supplemented that with a data analytics, web analytics certificate or concentration, my trajectory in the workplace would completely change. i would be a very valuable hire for most companies that handle data. Mm -hmm. But that would be a very easy one degree shift in my education that would change everything. And unfortunately I think the education system has been slow to adapt. I mean, traditional education, I'm talking about Mm post-secondary junior colleges and four year institutions because there's a lot of red tape involved with who teaches these courses Mm -hmm. and employers are saying, we want to teach these courses. We're the ones that are in it every day. So give us access to your classroom and your students and we can make this happen and, happening in kansas city mm, that's great
0: ryan weber who is the president of kc tech council their website is kc tech uh check it out there is uh, all kinds of information very fascinating conversation uh, we're going to be back after the break with more with ryan here on talk 9 a.m and talk 9 am.com we'll talk about more topics around City tech scene and uh, jobs workforce policy we'll probably get into some policy here after the break you're listening to Girl nation I turn the music up. I got my red clothes on. I shut the world outside until the lights come on. Maybe the streets are- What if I hate your heart? What if you want
1: my scars? How will we break down? What if you were me?
0: Welcome back to Grill Nation. Thanks for joining us again on 980 AM and talk980am.com. Also appreciate you connecting with me. On grillnationshow.com, I'll post photos of our guests today and the podcast of our show after it airs. Uh, and, uh, look for, look forward to connecting with you more on grillnationshow.com. Also check out our Instagram page at grillnationshow. We're talking to Ryan Weber, who is the president of the KC Tech Council. We talked a lot about workforce development and making Kansas City the hub for entrepreneur, excuse me, the hub for technology in the Midwest. Ryan, one of the things you guys do also is policy advocate. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're, so you,
0: so you didn't do as much of that maybe at, at Casey next, but now you're kind of going to delve more into what's going on here at Missouri, Kansas in this area, right?
1: Yeah. So Casey ADC, when we were connected to the organization there, that was not something that they were active with. So every now and then there's policy issues that they'd be engaged with, but our members were, were asking us to not only provide education, but also represent them on certain policy issues. And, this is something that we've been more engaged with than before. And, you know, there's things that come up at a city, state and federal level where we're definitely educating our members and providing them the information they need to connect with their elected officials. And it's cool to see that happen mm-hmm. because I think the officials do appreciate hearing from a C level executive from one of the top employers in their, in their district. And it makes a difference. And to be that facilitator is a huge uh, rewarding job because um, these things, these things are coming up more and more. I mean, I think, at a state level, there's a few things that are happening, but at a federal level, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. And we're lucky that local representative like uh, Kevin Yoder from Kansas has been leading certain privacy and data initiatives at a federal level. And he's got a bill that had some of the largest bipartisan support called ECPA, which uh, I hope I get this right, is the Electronic Protection and Consumer Act or something like a Communication Act, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're we're very lucky and happy to do that. And at a city level, some things that we've been actively engaged with is conversations around ride sharing home sharing things like that mm-hmm.
0: so really you're trying to educate your members you're going to do policy stuff, policy reports yeah. uh, you're going to have uh you're, you're talking about the state involvement advocate uh um, education advocacy, and then federal uh with different things. you go to maybe go to Capitol Hill and do some uh, visits there right.
1: Yeah, and we're not lobbyists, and we're very upfront about that, right? <laughs> right so, and I'm uh, not,
0: I, I think that's clear. Is You're not going to D.C. or to these places to like ask for votes. You're going no, to advocate no. and educate. And that's the thing people understand. If yeah. you're an advocate or an educator, you're not a lobbyist. You're not asking someone for an up-or-down vote. That's the difference, in my right, opinion. That's right. what I've always thought.
1: Yeah, we're not. Um, we're simply telling them how we feel about different issues. But really, as an organization, that has some impact, but it's way more impactful, like I said earlier, for the companies to reach out and say, this is important to us and why. And, yeah, we have partnerships with groups that would be lobbying organizations like CompTIA's advocacy group. CompTIA is a large tech trade association, mm. the presence in D.C. And, you know, state and city level, I mean, it's very much education at, at this point. So uh, we don't give any money. None of our resources from our member companies goes towards any political campaigns or anything like that. And it's important to mention. Yeah, you're because, not a pack. No, no, no. But that doesn't mean that we won't create one someday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest about that. Yeah. I think that it's an opportunity for the industry in Kansas City. If we want to truly lead policy, then we got to do that. We got to have resources that we're funding for education and for candidates. But we're not there yet. Not saying that's going to happen this year. Mm -hmm. That's the next step.
0: So, what do you guys? What's going on right now? Like, is there any events that are coming up that we could talk about in the near future?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll make an announcement today. I mean, we're we're excited that we've partnered with KU Edwards Campus. Okay on a tech CEO speaker series, and our first one will be in August, and more information will be on our website here soon about that. And I'm excited to give a voice to those CEOs, those thought leaders, who are running tech companies and why they're, they're running those companies in Kansas City. And it's going to be an exciting conversation. It'll be a much more broad conversation. It's not going to be as technical. So if you're not a technologist but you're still interested in learning about the industry, those are going to be great opportunities. It's going to be part of their professional development series, so we're excited to help facilitate that and partner with them.
0: Cool. Um, industry access, you mentioned a little bit about that's kind of the third, uh, strategic pillars. The first two, obviously, workforce development, policy advocacy, industry access. Um, is that, are you talking to, is that about kind of the opera, you're doing that shootkc.com? Is that still around?
1: Yeah, that's part of one of the program offerings that okay. we have. Yes. Yeah, so we run a, a tech job board. It's, it's much more than that, but it's one of those access pieces for our members mm-hmm. and the ability for them to get exposure for their company as well as jobs. But the access piece is really for connecting companies. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of the value, the measurable value that we can provide. And now we can provide that in an online format with our website, but also for companies that are entering the Kansas City market or visiting the Kansas City market. Uh, We work with quite a few venture capitalists from both coasts and other major cities who visit probably at least once a quarter. And we connect them to companies that are scaling in Kansas City. And that's part of the access piece. So when you're involved with our organization – you get access to not only the programs, the events, the communications, the companies, but also business opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you can track that too. So there's referral forms on our website where if you want to refer uh, members to us, but also if you want to refer business to others, that's through that's available through our member portal. So you do have to be a member to have that access. But um, you know, a lot of companies ask, well, why, why do we charge for that? <laughs> and people always wonder, like, why is there a membership fee? And... You know, we're a small tech association, and we're still growing and scaling ourselves. And those fees help us keep the lights on and keep this thing going. And uh, and we're lucky to have the support of over 150 member companies. In fact, 14 companies have joined in the last two months since our uh, announcement. So it's continuing to grow every day.
0: Uh, Ryan Weber, talk to me about uh, kind of some of your members. Tell, who are some of the people we might have heard of that are members of your organization?
1: Yeah, so if you go to the website, you'll see on our website there's there's sponsors that are listed. Those are companies that are investing at a leadership level. Those are big companies like Sprint and Cerner and Lexmark and Bats and VML and Black Ops Development helped us build Shoot KC. And other, on there. Pulsonelli, KCADC, mm-hmm. um, Data Bank. So, we're those are companies that are really investing at a leadership level. Many of them have board seats and they're involved at that level too. But you're most of our members are small to medium sized tech employers and there's some service providers too. Now we do limit the number of service providers who can be engaged with us. A lot of companies want to sell their business to tech companies in town, but uh, for our organization, you do need to touch technology in some way, shape or form. So we do limit those service providers, but you know, there's a big range of companies in Kansas city. You got big global enterprises that are headquartered here, but the 3,500 companies I mentioned, most of them are anywhere from zero to 10 companies in Kansas city. And, um that's the I mean when you're a twenty five, fifty person tech company, you're actually a pretty big tech company in Kansas City. And that's no different than other markets our size either.
0: Very cool. Uh Ryan Weber, K C Tech Council president. Uh Ryan, so it's so interesting to talk to you because I never think about it like this. All these jobs, tech jobs we have here, we also need to recruit more big employers that are tech companies, right? Is that is yeah, that it's is a, that's not your deal, but that's what the city wants. That's what that's we we want more um. Employ more jobs. But you're saying to us, we have these jobs. We just need to educate
1: the people for them. It's, see, a, it's a tough debate, right? Because <laughs> the tech companies that are here don't love it when they see an announcement about a new tech company coming to town. Because a lot of times that new tech company isn't actually bringing people. They're bringing competition. Mm-hmm. So the bigger employers in town have been vocal about the fact that when, a, when it's announced that a company's moved from Silicon Valley to Kansas City, it makes a great headline. But those 25 jobs they're bringing with them is actually going to be taking from the Cerner's, the Sprint's, and Garments, and the others. And that's why those companies are moving here. They know there's a workforce here of skilled labor, and, and they want to take advantage of that. And there's the, that's part of how we grow. But if we're truly going to be a tech hub, then we've got to be able to have our own workforce of people who were educated, raised, and, and grown in Kansas City <laughs> yeah, right. and stay in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Because attracting new companies, attracting new workers, that attraction-only piece is not a strategy.
0: Ryan Weber, president of the KC Tech Council, kctechcouncil.com. One of the most powerful people in Kansas City, top 100, I read. Congratulations <laughs> in the KC Business Journal. Thank you. Thanks for coming on Grill Nation today, and i will definitely have you on again soon.
1: Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening. Appreciate you joining us today, and find more information about our show at grillnationshow.com. Have a great day. Take care. <laughs>